1: Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. Joining me now is uh, State Auditor Diana DeZaglio, Madam Auditor, welcome to the program. Uh, well, uh, Welcome back and um, congratulations.
2: Thank you so much, Marcus. It is great to be back uh, as your new State Auditor. Very grateful for the opportunity, humbled at the opportunity to serve and excited to finally uh, be able to get to work.
1: So... Um, Auditor DiZaglio, uh, you know, you, you you started the job, uh, I believe, on January 18th, a little bit later than the governor and lieutenant governor. Um, constitutionally, that's when you guys, uh, you, you and the attorney general, get sworn in. Um, how has, uh, you know, how has the transition from being in the state legislature, you were a senator and a, before that a state rep, to being in executive office? How has that transition gone for you?
2: Well, I'm happy to report that I have found on my desk. <laughs> that's good news. <laughs> Um, But the transition has actually been uh, very smooth thanks to the hard work of the folks in the state auditor's office, the hardworking employees uh, who have helped to continue uh, audits that were in progress uh, before I ended up actually taking the oath of office and also began to help incorporate my social justice and equity audit plan uh, which can be found on my website for anyone who's interested, diana for uh, But they have been very helpful in assisting to, again, make sure that those audits that were ongoing are continuing and continue to be in progress and that my, my audit plan is being incorporated for a seamless transition. So I'm very grateful, and uh, things are going smoothly.
1: I know during the campaign you had talked about making the auditor's office a little bit more front and center um, in terms of, you know, the, uh, the public consciousness. But for people who may not know, uh, what, is the, um, what is the role of the state auditor?
2: So the role of the state auditor, a lot of folks, and a great question, Marcus, um, the, a lot of folks have asked me why I would ever leave being a senator uh, because I spent 10 years in the legislature, as you know. Uh, working alongside of your great state delegation, uh, who is doing a great job for, for your region. But I uh, worked in the state legislature for 10 years, and when I left, I was a state senator. And a lot of folks were asking me why I would ever leave uh, a position like senate, a sen- a position like senator to to go and count beans in a back room somewhere as an auditor. And I had to laugh and, you know, chuckle a little bit because it's, it's actually, um, you know, it's, You do think counting beans when you think of auditor, right? Uh, But the state auditor here in Massachusetts is an elected role, and she is the one who stands up and speaks truth to power. She is the government watchdog looking out for your tax dollars, making sure to be present in the community, get feedback from everyday working people, take that information back to the office, and make sure that the office is conducting audits that are consistent with what working families in our communities uh, are saying. Uh, needs to be addressed. So the issues are raised in the community. The elected auditor goes out and gathers all that information and then she brings that back to the office. And the accountants, the CPAs, the attorneys in that office, and the rest of the staff, they get to work on all of those issues on behalf of those residents that the chief accountability officer, AKA state auditor, brings to their attention.
1: So Auditor DiSaglio, you emerged from uh, two pretty competitive campaigns with a clear margin for victory. So you obviously are coming in with a mandate to change uh, things. You talked about implementing a a plan for uh, action with respect to social justice. Uh, Can you you talk about that a little bit more?
2: Yeah, for sure. So the first three uh, items on my uh, social justice and equity audit plan have to do with diversity and state contracting and the lack thereof. Uh, Unfortunately, here in the state of Massachusetts, for as much as we hear pontifications about the need to diversify uh, and promote equity, our state contracting process, those RFPs, the procurement processes, uh, we actually see those resulting in less than 1% of the state contracts that go out here in Massachusetts going to minority businesses. Now, when you're talking about billions and billions and billions and billions of state dollars that go out, uh, to private contracts using our tax dollars to provide those services, um, you know, to to know that less than one percent of those goes to minority contracts uh, or minority businesses is, is very concerning, um, especially in 2023, especially in Massachusetts. So we have a lot of work to do in making sure that our minority-owned, our women-owned, our veteran-owned, our LGBTQ-owned, our disabled-owned. Um, and all of our small businesses who are struggling that they have a, a chance they have a seat at the table they have an opportunity to actually get access to the same opportunities that others who you know might have more political resources or financial resources have the opportunities to get so want to make sure that we have uh, equitable access to opportunities for our mom and pop shops in our communities um and also we want to look at things like housing right we know that we're in the middle of a housing crisis right now look when i was a kid Uh, I was born to a a young single mother. She was a teenager when she had me. And by the grace of God and the help of folks in my community, uh, you know, I ended up uh, graduating from our local high school, being the first in my family to graduate, uh, running for the state legislature, and I'm now your state auditor. But I remember growing up, and it was a struggle when I was a kid, uh, when my mom was a single mom, and she had a hard time finding housing. Now, that was due to our personal family circumstances at that time with her being so young uh, not having a degree at the time and you know uh, struggling to make ends meet as a single mother but now you have families where there are folks working two three jobs there are multiple incomes coming in and it is still a struggle to pay that rent to pay that mortgage to find a place to live with a standard of dignity in the communities that folks are working in so that's a tremendous challenge and I'm looking to shine a light on where we can do better in state government by auditing the Department of Housing and Community Development, by tracking those ARPA funds, by yeah. looking at community development block grants, and by looking at you know, transit-oriented housing, for example, to make sure that you know where developments are happening, that they're in the right places. And you know, we have a lot of work to do, and a lot of that is going to be done through getting feedback from folks in our communities who have some feedback to give. So if you do have feedback, I feedback, I do invite you to contact me um, anytime. You can find my information on the internet, um, and I'll give my email to Marcus, if you don't mind. It's diana.disaglio at sao.state.ma.us. I'm sure Marcus will say it again uh, after this, but um, something else that I, I could just bring up, if it's not a bother to you, Marcus, is I... I also want to make sure that we're looking into mental health challenges and substance use disorder in the Commonwealth. Now, folks might say, well, what does the state auditor have to do with mental health and addiction issues? Well, I'll tell you. So I actually have some uh, really challenging circumstances in my family where in my immediate family, um, we, we saw an overdose happen. Uh, just, just, you know, about a year, year and a half ago during the pandemic shutdown period and almost lost someone very close to me because of that. And I will tell you, it was a tremendous struggle to find resources, to find addiction resources and treatment and recovery options for that loved one. And I ended up, you know, really, um, you know, just scouring uh, different state agencies and different uh, organizations for opportunities for success for that loved one, but it was very challenging. And I had a really hard time helping to find resources. That is the story of too many struggling families across the Commonwealth who are either themselves struggling with addiction or with challenges regarding their mental health uh, or, or have a loved one who's suffering from one or both of those challenges. And, you know, we know that post pandemic, We've seen, you know, uh, folks struggling with, with with mental health, with access to mental health services across the board, all the way from, you know, our, our starting with our kids, uh, going all the way to our elderly population, to our to our to our grandmothers and our grandfathers. It is unacceptable that folks are left struggling without resources to uh, enter into treatment and recovery when they are trying desperately to find those resources. So uh, I am committed to analyzing and reporting on the Department of Mental Health Services as it pertains to some of these challenges and to auditing the Bureau of Substance Addiction Services to ensure that funds are being directed towards initiatives that serve everyday working people who are struggling to make ends meet, who are having a hard time finding these services but desperately need them. So those are just a few things that the Office of the State Auditor can do and that we are looking to do in the coming weeks, in the coming months, again, as we uh, transition into this, this role, finish up some of the previous audits, and, and get started on some of these newer newer ideas.
1: So we're speaking with state auditor diana desaglio you you talked a lot about people in need of housing people who are in need of sub, uh, better substance abuse treatment or access to that oftentimes those are people that over uh the, there's an overlap with people who are in need of those services and the people who are receiving um assistance from uh from the department of uh, transitional assistance dta um, but there's also people who um uh, uh, access dta uh um, resources inappropriately and you your office uh in the early days of your office, you've discovered uh, some, uh, uh, a $2.7 million in uh, public benefit fraud. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes.
2: Yeah, so uh, in my office, we have a Bureau of Special Investigations. It's a specific audit unit within the agency that looks to identify areas of waste, fraud, and abuse in state government uh, by folks who uh, you know should not be receiving public benefits, who are receiving public benefits for, for one reason or another. And that team has done some tremendous work uh, in highlighting areas where we can do better in state government to pre- prevent that type of waste, fraud, and abuse. Uh, but recently, they did release in my office a, um, a report that did find that there was $2.7 million in fraudulent benefits uh, that was identified And those funds uh, are now, uh, you know, there's a process that the office goes through, working together with other agencies to make sure that uh, those funds are hopefully recovered um, and that there is accountability in place uh, regarding those actions that were taken to make sure that those fraudulent behaviors do not continue and that the money that is meant to go towards people who are struggling actually gets to people who are struggling and not to folks who are abusing the system, thereby hurting those who are really genuinely in need. So transparency and accountability is absolutely paramount. Uh, Waste, fraud, and abuse is unacceptable. And my office is mandated with rooting out that waste, fraud, and abuse across state government um, and in these specific areas um, as well.
1: We're speaking with State Auditor Diana so one of the most troubled uh, public institutions we have in the commonwealth is the uh, mbta um and uh you know re- we just saw a video recently where some paneling almost fell um on a passenger who had exited from a train uh that you know of course during the uh, election season the train caught on fire uh we know about the myriad uh troubles with the mbta uh, Have you recently committed to doing something about that can you tell us more about that
2: Yes, absolutely. So first and foremost, I saw that video, Marcus, and it was horrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, I I can't imagine being the the, the woman who was walking, you know, uh, and and ended up stopping just, what was it, an inch, a half an inch away from where a ceiling panel fell and almost struck her. That is completely unacceptable, and it has been issue after issue after issue when it comes to safety at the MBTA. We need increased accountability, we need increased transparency about the happenings in that agency, uh, specifically as it pertains to, or I should say especially as it pertains to matters of safety. So my office will be conducting a performance and safety audit of the MBTA and seeking to identify ways that the MBTA can do better identify gaps in the system, identify challenges and successes, and then share that information with uh, the governor, the administration, the legislature, all of your uh, you know, uh, legislators in your area, uh, local officials and the general public to make sure that we have a bright light shined on some of these challenges, that we know where the gaps are so that we can work together to fix them.
1: Speaking with State Auditor Diana DiZaglio, so one of the things we talked about at length when uh, you were here in studio with us uh, during the campaign was uh, your plan to audit the state legislature. Um, We haven't heard much since uh, you've been inaugurated, but um, do you have a plan in place to begin the audit of the state legislature, knowing that it's going to be, I think, a pretty thorny process?
2: So that is part of my audit plan and I am still committed to doing so and you will be hearing more about that very shortly.
1: Interesting. So um, you uh, you're were in Brockton today. Uh, I know the State auditor's, uh, Auditor has an office there. Uh, what, what was going on there?
2: So I went today to the Office of the State Auditor in Brockton uh, to meet with uh, the staff that uh, works in that particular building, and it was a great opportunity to connect with folks who have been working in the office, uh, some for many many years, some uh, for uh, almost as long as I've been alive, actually, Marcus. <laughs> so uh, they have a lot of wisdom uh, to share about previous auditors, uh, previous styles, previous um, you know audits that were done that were completed, you know, different audit ideas and you know talked about some of the happenings in the region we did get to talk about the feast oh. uh in new bedford and i was uh, talking about how i was uh there uh a couple of times you know during are, during are that, you gonna come uh, back period. i am planning on it my friend Excellent. i am planning on it i told my team to get it on my calendar that was <laughs> one of the finest events i got to go to on the campaign trail Great. and uh, i appreciate representative cabral and Councilor Havel bringing me around that day it was a, it was a good time Uh, but we got to talk about some of the local happenings as well just got to know each other Uh, like you said i was just inaugurated you know a few weeks ago basically several weeks ago now Uh, so i am still in the getting to know you phase in the office where i'm getting to know staff and uh learning more about you know what's what's been happening and uh looking to you know continue to build upon the work that's been done so far as we incorporate my my audit plan that that campaigned on so i had a great time got to meet with some of the elected officials uh, in the area, I just uh, finished uh, grabbing lunch with uh, some, a couple of the state representatives up here, learned about some of their initiatives locally, uh, Representative Dubois, Representative Mendez, also met with the mayor here. He stopped by the office to say hello to everybody. So it's uh, been very welcoming and uh, very grateful for the opportunity today.
1: Um, Auditor Diana Dezagli, I appreciate you joining me this, uh, joining me this evening. Um, before I let you go, is there anything else you want to leave the audience with?
2: Just that I would love to hear from you. If you have anything that you'd like us to consider or to look at, my information can be found on the Internet if you just do a quick search of my name, Diana DeZoglio, or you can shoot me an email at diana.dezoglio at sao.state.ma.us. And for those uh, who do not have computer access or do not like to use the Internet, uh, you can call me at 617 455 Twenty-one I'd love to hear from you. Uh, I did campaign on being the people's auditor, and in order to be able to fulfill that commitment, I need to be hearing from the people so that we can make sure that uh, our office has, a, has our finger on the pulse of what's happening in all communities, regardless of backgrounds, or I should say of all families in all communities, regardless of background bank balance or zip code. So I'm uh, looking forward to hearing from everybody. And so grateful,
1: Marcus, to have the opportunity to join you again. I uh, look forward to joining you again quite
2: soon. Thanks, Madam Honor. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Talk to you. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: That was State Auditor Dinah DiZaglio. Um, you know, we had her on uh, quite a few times after, uh, actually, uh, during the campaign. And uh, it was great to 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 talk with her again after she was successfully elevated to the auditor's office. We talked about a lot about her plan to audit the legislature throughout the campaign. Now, I'll be honest with you, that was a pre-taped segment. So the announcement came, you know, m- probably some moments before I came, I came on the air today to play this, that, you know, she has made an official announcement on auditing the state legislature, the state reps on Beacon Hill. So, I do want to actually read that statement. Uh, I think it's uh, good to put as part of this um, of this interview with uh, with Auditor Um but this just came out today. Um, As I committed, my office has begun an audit of the state legislature. We hope this will increase transparency, accountability, and equity in the area of state government that has been completely ignored. Historically, the legislature has been a closed-door operation where the committee votes have been hidden from general public and legislation has been voted in the dark of night. Taxpayers deserve more. They deserve the opportunity to weigh in on legislative, budgetary, and regulatory matters that are important to them. Everyone should have an equitable and transparent access to information and all state-funded agencies, including the legislature. Unfortunately, the legislature has not been audited since 1922, while Massachusetts ranks as one of the least transparent and least accessible state governments in the nation. It is my hope that the legislature welcomes, op- uh, welcomes an opportunity for an audit to uncover where we can and must do better as a state government. The, our, our office looks forward to working with them. So this is going to be really interesting because I think this is inexorably going to end up being a Supreme Judicial Court case, if not a Supreme Court case. And I, um, I wanted to play a quick clip from when we spoke with Auditor Zaglio back when she came on in August, uh, right after the feast Actually, She joined Chris and me and she made her intention clear about how far she's willing to take um, this uh, this audit.
2: And I am the only candidate in this race that's committed to do that. And one more thing about that. Some people say, well, you can't audit. And what if they say no? What if what if they prevent you from doing it and they block you from doing it? Well, I plan on taking them to court if they decide to block the audit. That- <laughs> I am entitled to do through the powers of it's the not our statutory office.
1: interpretation. And actually, I think if what you're saying makes perfect sense is if, they've, if they've specifically said where they cannot be um, audited right. in, in areas of the law and they don't mention it in with respect to the audit, that, that actually makes a lot of sense to me. Listen, we got to take a break. So, so that was, um, she said she was going to take it to court. I thought that was, you know, it's going to go all the way to the SJC, I imagine. I don't think the state um Legislature is going to take kindly to it. I know leadership, a lot of leadership on Beacon Hill did endorse her primary opponent, Chris Dempsey. Um, I know uh, Anthony Amore said that the he doesn't think there were. I remember Anthony Amore was saying uh, in that general election that he didn't think the state had the authority to do so. Suzanne Bump uh, had said the same thing, the previous auditor, that she cannot audit the the legislature. It's going to be very interesting. If she's able to pull it off, you wonder what they may, she may uncover when she does a full audit of the legislature on Beacon Hill. It's really, really interesting stuff. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of that um, unfold with with the auditor. And of course, she's uh, become a friend of the show. And uh, Chris and I will definitely be talking with her more uh, as that um, continues to unfold. And, of course, I think, you know, equally important is a full audit of the MBTA, the most (laughs) distressed agency in the Commonwealth by far. We definitely want that here uh, as we get South Coast Rail that comes down. To the um, to he- here uh, down here to to us here in New Bedford, Free Haven, Dartmouth, etc., giving us a uh, much easier pathway to the city of Boston, giving city of Boston much easier pathway to us. We want to make sure that those rides that we take up there and they take down here are safe, as safe as as uh, as possible. So, looking forward to all of that with Auditor DeZaglio. Now, stay tuned. We've got a really good show ahead for you tonight. We're making news every single night this week. We have um, last night we had Chris Markey and Mark Montigny, uh, the, uh, so, some of our delegation to the state house, talking about the title five septic regulations that we're going to, that may have impacted the town of Dartmouth, perhaps Westport. I know a cushion. might've been involved in that as well. Um, uh, you know, places with um, uh, watersheds. But what Mark, and there's an article on WBSM.com. You can check it out. You can read more about that. But what Montigny and Markey said to us and to you, to you, people of the South Coast, is that after their conversations with the Healy administration, they do not think that... There is going to uh, – that these Title V septic regulations that will incur – that w- that could have incurred a great personal cost to homeowners in Dartmouth in particular and maybe other areas of the south coast that might be impacted, probably not New Bedford, but maybe other areas that could have been impacted. Some more the rural and suburban uh, towns in the Commonwealth, they said uh, it's unlikely that those Title V septic regulations – are going to impact the South coast and they're going to focus more on the Cape. So I think that was really good. You can find the complete story at wbsm.com. I also do have a comment from governor Maura spokesperson spokesperson uh, in that article as well. So check that out. It's got the podcast if you want to listen to it, but I think really big news. And I think um, the legislative leadership of Um, Chris Markey and Mark Montigny and the local leadership of public health director, Chris Mishot, I think may have, and again, nothing final yet. And the statement from Healy is not definitive, um, but they may have gotten the, uh, the ball uh, across the goal line on that one. So if you're in Dartmouth, if you're in one of these surrounding, uh, surrounding towns or more rural communities and you were concerned, you may be a little bit more at ease knowing that it's unlikely to impact the South Coast. They felt confident enough to bring that on the air and make it public record. So uh, to do that, you really got to have a pretty high confidence level. You know, they didn't say, you know, it wasn't definitive, but you've got to have a pretty high confidence level because one of the worst things you can do in politics is eat a steaming pile of crow. And so I, I think that things are trending in the right direction in terms of those title five septic regulations. But that was the news we broke last night, right? We've got news to break tonight when we have uh, city councilor at large, Shane Burgo joining us to talk about something he's proposing in the, in the next city council uh, in the, in the city council meeting, we've got, some uh, more stuff to talk about tomorrow when Chris Hendricks jo- uh, joins us. He's going to talk about the Tabor Mill. He's going to set the record straight on the uh, Tabor Mill polling place discussion. Uh, Thursday, we got Bristol County Sheriff Paul Harrow, And so it's a jam-packed week. It's a great week here on South Coast tonight. And we're glad that you're here to join us. 508 996 0500. That's how you can get on the program this evening. I'm going to take a break. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. New Bedford's News Talk Station. Hi, I'm Marcus. 508 0500. That's how you can get on the program this evening. Again, that was State Senator De- State Senator Diana DeZoglio who joined a uh, friend of the show. I mean, State Senator. State Auditor Diana DeZoglio. Friend of the show. Joined, who, uh, who joined us this evening to talk about some of her plans as auditor. Really um, important and underrated office, the state auditor, one of your six constitutional offices. And it's the one that probably doesn't get mo- the most attention until now, I think. I think this auditing the legislature story is going to be – I think this is going to be a really big deal. Um, I think this is really going to be something that um, – like I said, it's gonna be a Supreme Judicial Court case. So five zero eight nine nine six O five hundred. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. If you missed any of our show last night, it was a really good one. Again, you can go check it out. We have we have um our conversation with Marky and Montigny um about the Title V septic regulations and I think it's worth hearing their complete comments on it, but they're of the position that they don't think the Healy administration's going to implement those regulations. For Dartmouth, Cape Cod's a little bit different, and they've talked about some of the differences between Cape Cod and, you know, the South Coast in terms of its population and topography and all of that. And frankly, most of the voices that are in favor of, um, in favor of, those title five septic regulations are people from Cape Cod uh, elected officials and conservation leaders mostly on Cape Cod. So it makes, I think makes a lot more sense. Um, their community is a little bit different. Their topography is different. So it probably makes more sense for that community to have that discussion on the Cape, but five zero eight nine nine six 0500 is how you can join me this evening. We'll also take your uh, messages on the WBSM app chat. Again, we have Shane Burgo, new Bedford city councilor at large who has done a pretty good job. I think in his first term, making some headlines, whether it be, you know, the infamous walkout of the city council or some of the stuff he's doing around housing and more on that, more on that soon. Uh, some of the stuff he's doing around housing and, you know, like starting the home group and uh, chairing the now uh, committee on housing and uh, homeless and housing and homeless affairs um, that was created and then expanded to be a committee on the whole, which I think is pretty good. Um, and coming in on South Coast tonight and just talking about last Friday and just talking about some of the issues you know, some of the issues that he sees working with Mayor Mitchell and other things. So, looking forward to talking with Shane. Looking forward to. Looking forward to talking with Shane in the eight o'clock hour about what he has planned uh, for the next um, council meeting, which is Thursday, which Adam Bass is going to be there. You know, Adam Bass is going to be there. The Bass will be on the attack. Before that meeting, I'm going to be joined by Bristol County Sheriff Paul Haro. So you'll get to hear from him. He's got some important updates uh, on what's happening over there at the jail with respect to jail suicides. So we'll have a good conversation with him on Thursday. So 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. We also would talk to Jared Tillinghast, who's a, a former pro boxer, um, about a new reality TV show that he's starting called Brawl for It All. Um, and it's about settling uh, street conflicts in the boxing ring. It's a pretty cool concept. He um, teamed up with Damon F- uh, Feldman, who is the CEO of Celebrity Boxing, and we, we spoke with him for, for about a minute as well. So uh, you can check that all out on WBSM com the WBSM app, the Apple podcasts, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are offered. I have seen people in the app chat. Ask me if I can send them podcasts. And if you, if, if you press the app chat button, the podcast button is right next to it. So you just got to click that podcast button and you can listen to any show whenever you want. So if you want to listen to Barry, Tim, Phil, me, uh, any of the weekend shows, um, you can. So five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. we also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus, and we're taking this break.
0: 1420 WBSM, where freedom of speech lives.
1: South A tree can be a warrior,
2: battling global challenges with greater courage. A tree can be a solution, cleaning our air, supporting our communities, and protecting our wildlife. A tree can be noble, growing hope in every corner of the world. That's why now is the time for trees, millions of trees. Join our planting movement at arborday.org. Diane from Michigan, a disabled senior citizen trying to get by. Henry from Florida, a veteran fighting to make ends meet. Elena from Arizona, a mother struggling to feed her daughter. Hi, I'm Connie Britton, and I support Feeding America because they help provide over 6 billion meals to people in need each year, like Diane, Henry, and Elena. Learn more at feedingamerica.org. Feeding America, 200 food banks strong.
0: Have your voice heard right now on South Coast Tonight. Call 508-996-0500 or send an app chat message on the WBSM app. Now, back to Chris and
1: Marcus. Hey, welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. Chris will be back. Chris will be back um, tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow again. We'll we'll be joined by Chris Hendricks. We've got uh, Fairhaven Firefighter Union President Kevin Gonzalez in the 8 o'clock hour uh, tomorrow as well to talk about an issue that we've been talking about. Uh, we started talking about last night, and I have a, another story that you can check out on wbsm.com about that, which is the low sta- the staffing shortage um, in the Fairhaven Fire Department. So that's been that has been a that has been a um, big issue. Uh, it's one that we'll continue to cover. But you can check that out on WBSM.com or the WBSM app, which is the best way, I think, to both read articles and listen. Um, And, uh, again, we'll have Kevin on tomorrow. Chris Hendricks will be on at 7. He wants to set the the whole Tabor Mill voting thing straight. Uh, He's got the the info on that, our state rep, Chris Hendricks. So we'll talk to him then. Burgo, uh at large, Shane Berg will be joining me at eight. You probably just got the app chat notification or the, I'm mean, sorry, the app notification that he's got some breaking, that we've got some, some breaking news. He's just announcing a proposal that he's putting forward. Um, and it's, um, it's going to be a robust discussion. Let's put it that way. It is definitely going to be a very robust discussion. So I'm really looking forward to, uh, f- to Shane joining me and talking with us more uh, about that in the eight o'clock hour because um, I've definitely got some questions and I know that there's going to be again. I think it's it's going to be one of the main things we talk about in these, this upcoming uh, election cycle um, in 2023. So, stay tuned. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. We'll take your messages on the WBSM app chat. This is South Coast Tonight.
0: If you want to hear everything.
1: Welcome back to South Coast tonight. Uh, Shane, Hey, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? We're just gonna we're not gonna talk about what we're gonna talk about yet because we still got like a couple minutes left on this hour perfect but like how are you doing
3: well you know uh, i'm looking forward to the spring weather that's coming it, it mm. seems to be attempting to break through yeah. uh we still have a, a few cold nights going but i think this year I'm, I'm really happy with the the lack of snow and i'm gonna knock on wood now <laughs> yeah right <laughs> just in case but no i'm feeling really good uh i'm really excited about this upcoming year and uh getting some work done on the city council
1: budget season's coming up
3: oh yes yeah it came really fast, honestly, because it, it, after we got elected the first time, uh, we jumped right into the ARPA funding, and then I thought, okay – cool. We'll slow down. I can start getting my feet wet a little bit. Nope. We into the budget season then. Yeah. Um, so now I feel a little bit better about it this time around. Uh, now that I know department heads a lot better and a lo- really how the system works within our government,
1: you know, them a lot better. So it's going to be hard to, uh, to cut your <laughs> <their> stuff. <huh>?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, you know, you could look at it that way. How I tend to look at our budget is more so as the department and not the person, you know, at least it's easier to say that. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah, but, right. Of course. Well, so, um, I'm really excited to talk with you in the uh, in the eight o'clock hour we're gonna do that uh, everybody stay tuned we're, we're gonna be here with uh, City Council at large Shane Burgo talking about a uh, something he's proposing in the next City Council meeting um, that's gonna really lead to I think some robust discussion so stay tuned this is South Coast tonight <laughs>